Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. I'm so happy to be here. It's Michelle Wong. And today I have a wonderful, wonderful guest, Emma Clayton, who's joining us from the UK. Well, welcome to the show, Emma. I'm so happy to have you here. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you and I were just chatting before we hit the record, and um, you and I know each other from our mastermind with Jonna Kingsford, our mentor and coach uh, through Figure Six. And I just, I love your vibe, and um, and I love like we actually have very similar journeys. And you and I are both manifestors, so I'm yeah. like oh, another <laughs> manifester in our group. <laughs> <laughs> So what, like I, I, so I can still relate. And even for those who are listening, who aren't manifestors in human design, I'm pretty sure like our, like Emma's story can really relate to your story. If you're someone who is currently in corporate world and wanting to do something different. And so Emma, I'm so excited for you to share your journey and uh, where you are now. Yeah. So should I just sort of take us back? Yeah. To where it all began. Well, why don't, why don't we share, like, what is your work now really quickly and then mm, kind of, like, yeah. how you got here? Okay. So, yeah, now I work predominantly with women, but also with men um, to help them on their journey of basically becoming all of who they came here to be. So um, that's a journey of healing, of um, digging deeper and looking at beliefs and changing that deconditioning unlearning reprogramming um themselves for kind of um pathing the way paving the way forward really so um I work mainly with people that have struggled perhaps with anxiety and um feelings of imposter syndrome especially in the workplace especially in corporate um and have perhaps had um, body image issues body confidence problems um because that's really my my journey my story um and yeah to I guess go back there I guess my journey really started when I was probably turned 30 and um realized I've been in a bit of self-destruct through my teens and my 20s like a lot of people I think um and I was like I I'm pretty sure there's a better way to think and feel about myself than I do right now, having kind of looked in the mirror and just felt so unhappy with what I saw staring back at me. So I kind of made a promise with myself there and then that I would do something about it. And I had no idea what that was. And it took me a few more years into my 30s, kind of trying, you know, to work with personal trainers and to start new diets and things like that before I realized I probably needed to go a little bit further below the surface than I had done. So um, I walked into my first uh, therapist session and never thought I would see a psychotherapist in my life. 
and there I was uh, googling actually how how do I lose weight and keep it off because I had this awful relationship with food where I um, I would lose weight and then I would just go off the other end of the scale and like bingy until I'd put all the weight on and some so that's that was kind of still my problem at that stage that I wanted to be you know fixed if you like um, and I found a therapist and in our first conversation she said she didn't need to help me with my relationship with food but she needed to help me with um, my anxiety of which I was performing at a very high level with this generalized anxiety disorder um, lack of trust and low self-esteem so that was kind of like the first shocker for me to go oh okay so it's not just that I need to lose weight and then I'll feel better I have some kind of deeper stuff going on um, and that was at a time that I was just going through um, my leadership development um, program at work so this was um, the kind of next level of leader was being um uh, selected and going through this two-year long program and that was also revealing some gremlins because you kind of put on the spot going through a lot of um, role play scenarios that kind of thing and lots of fishbowl um, type feedback situations and a lot of anxiety was coming up for me and you kind of really in the, it's really in the spotlight and um my one of the facilitators actually suggested I I get a book that was called Taming Your Gremlin which is the first book I got off the shelf help uh, self-help shelf so um yeah that's kind of where it all started just with what you've shared so far like you're like seeing a therapist like I've seen therapists before and it's actually really nice it was just a talk and like blah, 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 blah. yeah yeah, totally. <laughs> it's so like, um, yeah, because our, our mental well-being is so important. And so I'm glad that your therapist was able to kind of go deeper and like pinpoint like anxiety and you were feeling it at work, um, which is so interesting because how we spend our time can be so like if we give ourselves permission to like play with something different, it could be so much better. So I love that one of the people in your training was like taming the gremlin. <laughs> Or the inner gremlin. <laughs> yep. I love it. So yeah, tell like, so you read the book, I'm assuming? I got a few pages in and I got the gist. <laughs> and it really, <laughs> it, it was very, it had a lot of pictures in. Um, so you had to imagine this kind of voice in your mind, um, what it looked like. And mine was this big kind of ugly green witch we had um, a program in the UK when I was growing up called, um, I can't remember what the program was, but there was a witch in it called Grot Bags. Grot so, Bags? Grot Bags. <laughs> so the, my gremlin that I picture was Grot Bags. And it just, it just allowed me, I guess, to separate myself from this voice that always overtook and always, um, always shut me down mm. and it was literally like I can remember being in these meetings um, and in particular in this leadership development program because you're in this such um, such a concentrated environment and I can remember thinking like kind of intuitively really reading the room knowing what was going down wanting to say okay come on guys this is what I see this is what I feel this is what I'm picking up on and just being 
like this other voice going don't be so stupid Mm. you're going to look absolutely ridiculous if you say that um and talking myself out of it and I was I very fortunate that the facilitator in the room actually picked up on that and saw what was going on in my mind even though I was very um obviously silent um in doing so so yeah I was fortunate from that perspective um but unfortunately even with the awareness I kind of didn't overcome it you know overnight it was something I realized that I'd probably kind of lived with for most of my life since Mm. early teens where I was a in fact even younger I was a very kind of introspective reflective young girl so I spent a lot of time in my bedroom um reading thinking about things reflecting on things I kind of prided myself on being a reflective person but actually what I realize now is that I was just very stuck in my head with a lot of negative self-talk going on and Mm. didn't know how to express that and how to get out of my head and I just got to thinking that was normal Mm. okay so then from that point how did you um like how did that it sounded like with the leadership training that you attended, like it really was able to give you some awareness. And then from there, how did that shift for you? Yeah, I had, um, I had, I guess I worked with my therapist for a while and the focus was very much on um, my work environment and the kind of things that, um, that would come up for me then that would trigger this kind of anxiety in me and it was very much about learning to respect those symptoms and see them for what they were because I think my initial reaction was like no I'm not anxious I'm just like nervous I really played it down just Mm. did not think I was the sort of person that would be labeled as anxious (laughs) so I had a lot of resistance to even hearing that Um, but I think it was it, it set me on a path of really just fascination about how my mind works and um how you can change that like because like if I go back to when I was 30 I knew something inside of me was saying there is a another way to think and feel about yourself so I kind of always knew um but I just didn't know how so it's just that was about seven or eight years ago and it just set this obsession alight inside of me so I got into podcasts and reading self-help books. I've never looked back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I started working with my first health coach around five years ago. And I still was imagining getting it, like finding a lifestyle, like a way to eat and move um, that was kind of going to be for life. Um, but she gave me so much more in terms of she was a mindset coach. Um, and I really had that taster of kind of going deeper and you know started journaling and although I resisted it massively and I struggled with it I started journaling and thinking about um, gratitude and um, meditating and doing slower things like yoga and just like really finding ways to um, become more aware of what was going on inside my head but also to manage it and find um, ways to change that narrative and that dialogue in my mind so it started there and then I would say at the point that I got to the end of my career which was um it came to an end because I was faced with redundancy 
Mm. So I actually took a severance package um, in October 2017. And it was only when I realised that my 20 year career was coming, potentially coming to an end, that I thought, what else would I do if I wasn't doing this that I'd done since I was 18? And I'd always wanted to be my own boss. And it was at the point that I was like, I'd come so far in my growth, personal development journey, if you like, that I just felt like I had stuff to give back, that I could help others. I knew I wasn't the only person um, that was kind of struggling up in my head like this. So, um, yeah, I took the leap and I've probably really thrown myself into the work, the real work, the deeper work since since then, over the last three years. Um, and yeah, I'll, I will never look back and I will continue to deepen that and um, learn and grow and evolve. And I think that's another thing we, you and I have in common. It's that mm-hmm. like that constant focus on growing, but also from that place of knowing like, and this is the difference from where I was five years ago, knowing that I'm enough now, I'm whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's just more to learn and discover. I, you know, it's so interesting because I, um, I have a very similar timeline because like at the end of 2017 was like my last stunt stint in corporate. Like I, by 2018, I was like, all right, this is my, this is my path. Right. And wow. so yeah. you were so similar. And I feel like, I don't know if it's the same thing for you, but it's taken me like until this year, until 2020 to fully have way more clarity Um, Because I was trying all types of different things. And I know that you have different trainings, like you do theta healing, you also have belief ethics um, training, and you're certified Mm -hmm. now. And so it's like, you're, you're so similar, like, (laughs) and we're both manifestors. Yeah. So like, for you, what, where would you say, because this is interesting. And I feel like a lot of times when people take the leap, it's not always like we might have gotten some type of clarity. Oh, this is the direction I want to go. But it's not until you're in it that you start to like renavigate. Like, oh, maybe not this, but try mm-hmm. this and try this. It's not always like a like that linear road. Like I left corporate and then this was my business. So what oh, was gosh, yeah. yeah? So what was <laughs> that path for you after you left corporate? Yeah. So I'd say there's a couple of things going on. So in terms of like clarity around where my business was going to go. Um, I think that just evolves and changes every day, it feels like sometimes. Um, But certainly in the early days, I was quite clear when I look back, I was quite clear. It was like anxiety and um, my relationship with food and my body. That was kind of my bag. That was my journey up until then. Um, So that's kind of how I came out the gates. And I had, you know, some some might call it beginner's luck. Like I had my first four clients signed up within three months of me starting one-to-one clients. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm obviously like onto something here. Mm. Um, and then unfortunately what I did was I took my foot off the pedal, if you like, in terms of on the front lines, I wasn't showing up so much. I was serving these four clients on the back back ends and of course they all finished within six months and I had to start again, putting myself out there and, I'd kind of got this um, imposter syndrome coming up again by then. So so the other thread that was going on was my whole 
identity crisis Mm. having been a corporate career woman for 20 years you know getting a salary earning a decent salary um having no money issues having like like traveling the world and having great opportunities to actually being at home all day every day which was my choice like I wanted to be at home more I wanted to travel less but on my terms um but having to make like more conscious decisions around where I spend and invest my money um but also having this identity crisis like who am I now like that I don't have I'm not I'm no longer like going into work and being needed like having an inbox full of emails that people want something from me and being reactive and constantly you know having to be reactive here I am like on day one sat with a brand new laptop and no emails (laughs) and like sitting there hitting the refresh button expecting some emails to fall into my inbox and it doesn't happen so there was this a massive identity crisis I think went on um which I think you know there was there was a in hindsight very much a almost like a grieving but also a healing process that needed to happen from the the kind of condi- I guess the deconditioning that needed to happen of, after leaving the corporate world because as you know it's a very different um I don't want to say beast but you know what I mean it's a very different um thing we find ourselves having to handle being our own boss and having to create our own urgency and our own opportunities and yeah Mm -hmm. it's like it's so different and I was so conditioned to be in my masculine be reactive be doing do 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 um and when you hit the brakes on that um, and you swing the other way like a pendulum it's like really hard to to stop and then you're actually facing yourself on a whole nother level because you don't have the busyness of the job keeping you distracted I love that you said that like you face yourself at a whole different level because it's true now it's like the busyness is gone and now it's like it's you and you <laughs> yeah. And yeah yeah and like um this is why I know a lot of people who leave corporate um it's like the lack of structure because we've been mm-hmm. so like it is it's like there's the structure the hierarchy it's all been created for us there's like a pecking order and um and now when you're out on your own there's like a, it's a different mindset like if you've ever read Robert Kiyosaki the rich dad, poor dad. No, cash, oh my goodness. Oh I, no, I haven't. No. Oh my God. It's so good. He talks about the different quadrants and going from the employee quadrant to the entrepreneur quadrant, um, or the business owner quadrant, even it's, uh, it's a totally different mindset shift. Um, and, and so I just, I, what I love with your story is that you're still in the game. You're still in the game. And I, I mm-hmm. feel like you're not going to go back into corporate. Like you've already been out for more than for three years mm-hmm. and um, you're still in it, which, which requires a lot of gumption and tenacity, mm-hmm. persistency, all the qualities. Of, I was going to say of a manifester, but it's like, you're, it's not unique to a manifester. <laughs> um, but I can also like, as you were sharing your story, I was like, Oh, like 
you, you and me, very similar, like we were both conditioned to be generators, right? Mm-hmm. To always yeah. be plugging in. And there's nothing, like mm-hmm. generators are amazing, but we're not generators. So our output of energy is very different. And mm-hmm. so I could, I could totally see why, like, okay, I don't have that. What's that? Like that email ping, you know, the endorphins, not mm-hmm. come, like the hit, it's not coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I do now? Cause you were saying like, I was always reacting um, versus initiating, which is what we're really designed to do. Mm, yeah. 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 So how did you find like, um, so then you started, I love that you're, you had clients right off the get go. Um, and then you're like, Oh crap, well, I need to put myself out there a little bit more. <laughs> and so how did you, um, started navigating that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, so I came out of corporate and I was already, I'd signed up to this nutrition and lifestyle coaching diploma. So I was studying, it's like a first year of a nutritional therapy degree. So it was like hardcore. And I got two months in, I was like, what the hell am I doing? This is way too much in-depth sciencey for me. I just, I need to know basics. <laughs> so I realized I was probably on the wrong path with that, but I kind of got through it and I like got that tick in the box. And then I was like, right, okay, I want to go and do my NLP practitioner course and I went and did that right off the back of that um and then I was like okay now with my business what I did on that NLP course was I woke up at 4 30 a.m with this inspiration for my next course that I wanted to or my first group program that I wanted to do and it was I called it the food freedom academy I plotted out this six week um program before I started the last day of my course that weekend and I came back and I did a masterclass and then I sold five spots and I was like oh my goodness like that was my first sort of real inspired as a manifesto inspiration came through me and I acted on it and it paid off Mm. and I was like this is awesome and then I went I took the ladies through that and there was amazing results and I was like okay I I I loved how I loved having a group so I thought I would definitely do that again but it needs to be longer to get them the kind of lasting results so I relaunched it in the new year which was like two months later and no one bought it so I started to doubt myself Mm. and I started to doubt oh is it really the food thing and I was getting sick of talking about binge eating all the time so I started to doubt my niche if you like so Mm -hmm. um so I started to come out of my niche that was very much around relationship with food and come up a little bit and talked a little bit more broadly about body confidence because that was a huge thing. And then I got really bored talking about the body confidence as well. And I just, as I was going through, I started this eating psychology diploma. It was all mind, body, nutrition. It was working with the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, Mark David. I did done that it too. too. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I did it so it's and it's fascinating because everything I do I do for me first mm. because I want to learn all I can um, and then start to embody it before I feel fit to like pass that on and I think that was the thing with my food freedom piece was I was still in it right I was still I was still struggling very much with my um eating habits I still binge eat today if I'm completely honest every now and again it still happens like I put my hands up I'm all about keeping it real so I'm not kind of over it and I don't know if I ever will be uh, because it's been in my life for 30 years um 
However, I just felt, again, that imposter syndrome came up because I was like, who am I to help other people with their relationship with food when I haven't really mastered mine? Um, so I had all these things going on where I was, I was not yet mastering the thing for myself and feeling like I wasn't entirely qualified to be helping others. And every time I did that, I'd switch course a little bit. So then we went on to the body confidence stuff. And I felt like I was you know, very comfortable now in my own skin as a woman in a bigger body. Um, I'm a UK size 18, which I don't know what that's the US. I have no idea. <laughs> 14, I think. Yeah, I think it's like a 14 in the US. Um, so I'm a, I'm a bigger girl. So I relate to a lot of people that want to feel comfortable in their own skin, but aren't necessarily like look in the mirror and realize that they still need to lose some weight maybe. But again, I started to get, I started to look at the body positivity movement out there and just think, wow, I'm not that confident and started again to get that imposter syndrome. And then I was like, okay, I still have some work to do on this imposter side of things. And that's when you kind of, um, that's when I went inside. I think last year was a, a, a year long of me really um, experiencing what it feels like to be deep in the fear of not being good enough mm. um only under a different guise this time and actually pr- probably more severe because I'm not backed up by a team of people that can you know do the things that I can't do I've got to do everything or ask for help or pay for help um and I spent yeah probably the majority of last year really feeling like I didn't have clarity about what I was like what direction I needed to go in or wanted to go in anymore I really lost sight of that um I just knew I wanted to help people overcome some of this stuff and just grow and know that there was an this better way to think and feel about themselves so I kind of stuck to that throughout um and did a lot of work probably had my dark night of the soul last year and um this year just something something shifted and I think I just realized it's like I, there, it's not an option for me to go back to the corporate world mm-hmm. so I kind of have to like it's I have to make this work and it's important to me that I need to like I need to put myself out there I need to be brave I need to be courageous I need to be like putting myself out there in the field and breaking out of some of these boxes that I've found myself in so um, this year has all been about kind of just like tapping into the rebel in me really and actually rebelling against some of the things that I'd been sort of taught to believe was necessary in business like having a niche like having an ideal client avatar and just throwing it out the window because it didn't feel good mm-hmm. and just you know showing up on the internet and talking about these things talking about how I'm not having a great day and talking about how I'm not really clear on what it is I'm doing anymore (laughs) but this is me keeping it real and um and then obviously I found Jana this this year uh, our our coach and um she has just been amazing at helping me break free of some of the 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 more recent conditioning I've had since leaving the corporate world Mm -hmm. so it's been quite a ride um and I'm glad that I found in you someone that gets it as well right 
Yeah, well, I love what you're saying about like keeping it real because um, as you were sharing your story about like feeling like we have to be 100% qualified, it's almost like we have to be that perfect ideal mm. that no one ever, like I even, like I love to learn and sometimes it's like, oh, I want, I, I don't know this, I want to learn this. But like, I just have to, I love that you were saying you just accepted, right? Because for me, it's like, I sh- like sometimes it would feel bad for taking on more trainings and really it's like, well, that's just who I am. I just love to learn. And sometimes it's like, it could be for the benefit of other people, but really it's for me. And I shouldn't feel bad about like, you know, not being there yet, which is what, when we're dead, <laughs> yeah, where's, where's, the, where's the there. Right. And so mm-hmm. I just love that for you. You're like, well, I'm just going to show up and, Like I don't have it all figured out and you could still have a business and not have it all figured out because you're real, you're relatable. And, um, I, it's so funny. I don't think the whole, like having your niche and like all of that, like I threw that out the window. I don't think I ever had that. Like I've always struggled with the idea of needing a niche and I'm like, I would make one up like really. And I'm just like, ah, it doesn't feel right. Like, (laughs) Like I, you know, so it's, I don't know if it feels like showing up as who we are as ourselves, that's the most important thing because then it's like a real authentic business Mm. and we are just, we, who we are is the brand. Um, It's actually the easiest thing when you overcome the fear of whether or not that's good enough. Yeah. And like, it's like, oh, you too? Good. Like, not good, but it's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not alone in this. And we mm. need that. It is so refreshing. And what you were sharing about just, you know, um, with size and all that, like, like, I know so many women who can benefit from being around other people who are honestly like, quote unquote, normal bodies, you know, it's not mm-hmm. the magazine figures that we all see, and then we get permission yeah. to be comfortable in our own skin. Um, and so I love, I love how you show up and, um, I'm curious also like, like, cause you were saying how you help people decondition. So what are the tools that you use for that? Mm. Yeah. So I've got, um, I guess the, the, the two that I really am kind of honing in on at the moment, because I just see so much power in them is the belief ethics, the Joanna mm-hmm. Kings, the belief ethics um model which um I did her certification in the summer and and theta healing which um is actually quite a almost like a woo-woo model really um or a tool that you know we we go up to the seventh plane and work with creator to help energetically pull the deepest rooted beliefs and replace them with new positive um supportive beliefs um but I'm I'm just I do it in such a I guess a pragmatic way and that's why I love the belief ethics because it's a real like it's such a simple way place to start um and then I have the theta healing to kind of like um just really support that but on a deeper um I guess more spiritual level like a deeper energetic level um, to help ha- make those shifts um, like quicker and more lasting as well and it's just it I even I'm like overwhelmed with how quickly 
and how effective this is and I've experienced it for myself right since I've started um working in it and yeah it's it's awesome so um for me it's just I just get fascinated about listening to someone's story um and then we can really like hone in on what the root roots of um any limitations are and um yeah dive straight in cool so is it like um a meditation process like for theta healing or is it more of a talk yeah so it's so we we go up to a theta state if you like which is the the brainwave state between you're still awake but it's the most relaxed state so that your subconscious is um susceptible i guess or open like it's more um likely to reveal what's going on at the deeper level so that's that's a meditation to get you into that state but that's that can happen quite quickly um and then it is it is kind of it's it's digging on you know where when was the first time you kind of experienced that and and how is it serving you what virtues have you learned from kind of holding on to that belief because as you know um we don't hold on to a belief unless it serves us in some way but mm. it's like what have, what positive virtues have you you learned that you want to keep when we pull this belief um and the fascinating thing i find about theta is we don't just look on this core level in this lifetime we look at um genetic level so we might mm. hold beliefs that have been handed down through our genetics um we look at beliefs on a history level so this might be past lives or just mass consciousness if you think of it that way um and we also look at on soul level so we have soul lessons that we're here to learn and so is that belief on a soul lesson can we stamp it as complete now and take the virtues keep the virtues and and actually move move on it's it's so cool when you start to like look at all the different levels that we hold these beliefs on as well because it's not just that obvious you know sometimes we think well nothing happened to me in my childhood there was no abuse or trauma to speak of um so I don't know why I would think this or behave this way and actually it could just be handed down through your mother's genetic line for example mm. um so it's, it gets fascinating I'm like oh my goodness like <laughs> <laughs> I love it it's totally up my alley <laughs> amazing I love it so for people who want to learn more about working with you what's the best way um probably Facebook so I'm Emma Clayton.exo on Facebook and Instagram I'm also on LinkedIn um so yeah you can just hit me up there amazing so I'll put that all in the show notes um is there anything else you wanted to share before we end our our chat um no I don't think so just thank you so much for having me and I'm, I'm so glad I found a fellow manifesto sister in uh in figure six. <laughs> oh my god so exciting it like like so much to dig, dig, dig into as manifestors. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for it. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Emma. It's a pleasure having you. And for those of you who are listening, if this resonated, please share and tag us on Instagram. Uh, we will share it back. And thank you so much, everybody. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Cheers. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support and take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.